Almond Ra is pretty good. <laughs> Quite a run back. That was a good punt, too. Yeah, that 90 was yard return. And I think half their team had shots at him. But, I mean, he's just he's a special player. I mean, you can't, you know, you can't. It's like I heard one of my coaches on the headphones, oh, he's going backwards. I said, who cares? <laughs> who cares? You know, whatever he's got to do. But the next thing you know, there he goes. And uh, but they those didn't work, and they didn't have uh, 
you know, much, uh, you know, uh, much offense at all. Um, Matt Robinson, fine quarterback, threw two picks, no touchdowns, of course, 104 yards, and then they ran for only 56. So, modern day, just looked as dominant as ever. Scotty, what was your take on this game? Yeah, you know, it was, um, that was probably most surprising is that who would have called a running clock on this game? Yeah. Um, you know, modern day's offense, you know, got an A minus. A on defense, Jason. Yeah, I, I have to give him that D on offense. Um, you know, but that was mostly due to modern day's defense. Um, and then a defense, they uh, give them a C. So, you know, they completely shut down a Jason team that was averaging 52 points in the league and 44 yeah. overall. Yep. Um, as you mentioned, they held him to 56 yards rushing, two yards per carry. Yeah. They held Al Fisher to 19 yards on 10 carries. Um, they, 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 you know, bottled down Brad Robinson to uh, to a 37, um, yeah, 37 completion percentage. Their longest gains on the night were, were I think, a 19-yard pass from a uh, reception from Tulluckett, and then a Schumer 20-yard catch. And then to make matters even worse, Moon Armor Clayne had been nursing injury during during pregame warmups, aggravated I think his knee. Yeah. And um, and then he basically went one series and that was it. He was done for the night. Um, and then there was basically, you know, JT, you know, had a field day. At, you know, in that first quarter, he was four for four on the opening drive. Hit Parks for that TD. Um, JT finished 16 and 21. 224, two touchdowns, but he was picked off twice, and he was sacked four times. Um, Malik Abdul, McLean, and Sean Nelson registered a sack and a half, and Victor Clanton had the other one, one sack. Right. But for the most part, you know, I think O-line, modern day's O-line did their job. Uh, you know, he did, uh, McLean, we had talked about the matchup, and he lined up on actually sophomore Miles Moreau most of the night. And uh, Miles contained him. He was never a factor except for when he got that one one sack. The other sack, it was JT scrambling around for a while in the back in the you know backfield before he him and uh, Nelson met up with JT. So, um, but you know that Monarch offense you know marched with uh, numerous big plays, notably Shakobi Harper's 126 on you know, only seven carries, came away with two 50-yard runs. But like we had mentioned. Earlier, the play of the night was Amon Ralph St. Brown punt return. Yeah. By now, probably have seen it um, on social media. You know, that that punt was placed perfectly in the corner. Yeah, right the it was a great punt. Up. And uh, St. Brown took it, broke several tackles, cut, weaved through defenders for 90 yards. And, you know, on a night where he was used sparingly because he only caught three balls. Um, but, you know, really, it was modern day that was able to dominate on both sides of the ball. They got after Robinson, who was who's not the most accurate passer, and that made it tough on him all night. And um, the defensive star wars all night for modern day were Mace Funa and Jack Genova, who had six tackles apiece, and then Mace had two tackles for loss and a sack, and then Brew McCoy and Nathan White also had two uh, tackles for uh, losses. So on, um, you know, it was just a pretty much, you know, defensive stop for uh, for modern day. Yeah, just to touch on a few things that you brought up on Jay Sarah. Yeah, you know, the story was on Moonar McLean, fine junior, you know, his brother, you know, speedster. They really need this guy, and they haven't had him at full strength for weeks. Um, 
you know, they, you know, not since the early in the season, and he was looking great. I saw him against Corona Del Mar, and he was stretching the field and, you know, going for huge plays and outrunning people. He's that kind of a league type of guy, but I guess he got hurt in warmups doing a, a dunk. Uh, on with a ball on the goalposts, you know, and so you so you saw that. I, 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 you know, that's what I was told too. But I was like, um, I, I was just I wasn't gonna mention it, but you went ahead and mentioned it. So yeah, that's so that's so. Did you do this? I'll let you finish the story, but I, I didn't mean to that's the word from the Lions because you know they just can't do that with a guy coming off injuries. You guys got to be smarter than that. Um, but you know, Scotty, we're talking about high school kids, so. What can we say? I mean, of course, yeah. these kind of things, they're high school kids, so of course this stuff happens, you know, it's, um, and, uh, you know, they're excited to be out there, and these guys are great athletes, and they like to have fun, and they goof around, and uh, this is what happens, you know, it's, uh, he won't be the first kid that's got hurt in pregame. I mean, that, that's the other thing talking about the injury. I know we're getting off the subject, but that's the other thing that with all these kids doing these jump-up celebrations. Yeah. How many times, I mean, I saw a Notre Dame football game where a guy did that and came down and he just blew his knee out. So every time I see these kids do this, that's like I just cringe. And, you know, that kind of goes along with that same thing. You know, you do that dunk ball and, you know, they're, you're, 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 you know, out of the game. So, anyhow. Yeah, but then um, let's see on – you know, on the yeah, what do you think about Amon Ra? I mean, as we talk about his great punt return, you know, it was a fabulous punt by uh, Jake Haggard. I mean, he pounded a 50-yard punt and kind of pinned him to the side of the field. You know, they had him covered. I mean, it was it was definitely inside. It was you know from the hash to the sideline, well in there. I mean, the guy placed it right in the 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 corner of the field. And you know, obviously, we're talking about a 90-yard punt return. Um, and then Amon Ra kind of runs back a little bit like he sometimes does on his punt returns. Coach Harlow's, you know, he thought, he felt like what happened to his team on that coverage was that they, his his players thought they had the tackle and in, in, uh, was going to happen. The, we're talking about the guys, you know, behind the play, and they kind of stopped and uh, kind of got flat-footed or maybe just stopped altogether. But they thought a tackle was going to happen. And then here comes Amon Ra. And then he goes, you know, he take his speed just takes it to the next level and makes a couple moves. And then there he goes. I mean, do you, what do you think about um, – I mean, is he? do you think he's just so much faster than a lot of the guys? Is his, his speed impressing you? And then do you think that he's a legit – you know, you think he's going to punt return and uh, – uh, college where, you know, obviously back-to-back week, weeks now, he's had punt returns for touchdowns. The, 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 you know, his football IQ, and you know, in, is up there, and I think with him, you know, he's not the blazer, but he's very, he's, he's got he's got the short, you know, twitch game where he's, um, I can't think of the word, but, but you know, his lateral, his, 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 his he's got football movements yeah and, and you can tell he knows how to weave and bounce and and he's very strong and that was the other thing is that as a you can't really tackle him you know one of you gotta you gotta really because he i think tj medina had him pretty well and he just shook him off yeah and nobody else had nobody else had you know and then once he got through that that wave it, you know he just weaved um in his visions you know that's the other thing he has he has, he has great vision um 
and we've seen it before on, on, on a lot of those, his other long runs. So, I mean, as, I mean, he could be a good punt returner, but yes, he's not a blazer, but I think he, he's still valuable enough that he does things um, that he brings to his game. Yeah, and then to your point about the vision, you know, and everybody who hasn't seen it, and like Scotty said, check it out. Um, he starts basically pinned on to the left side of the field, left corner of the field, and he cuts it back uh, to his, he goes right, but then he pretty much cuts up the middle of the field pretty strong, right, and he gets his speed going, but it's not too much longer. In a few seconds, he breaks well to the left, and I guess that's the vision you're talking about, right? Right, and then he weaved, he also, because he had guys on the side that had angles, and I, and unlike last week in the Bosco game, when he had that long run, and I guess uh, Woodby caught him from behind, he, if he, he started weaving towards the middle of the field when Woodby went, you know, tackled him, and if he stays outside, he might have gotten a few more yards, so I know this time he started, you know, he started weaving away from, from the defenders because if he would have stayed on that straight line those guys kind of had an angle at him so and he wasn't really i mean he turned it on but then at, towards the end he kind of just yeah. kept weaving and cool and cruise control yeah but he wasn't he wasn't running i think at full top speed so yeah he actually almost did get caught at the end um and i thought he was going to get tripped up but he made it very close and yeah he wasn't going full speeds but that was uh you know Amazing play. So, well, let's move on to another game from last week. Uh, we're talking about games that were on the uh, Friday, October 20th. And let's move on to a uh, game, uh, St. John Bosco. This was a thrilling game, and it very surprised me um, by the score. Bosco uh, bounces back from their loss to modern day, but they do it 40-38 uh, to 38 against Santa Margarita. So, we have to work a little bit on the schedule. That was uh, Bosco's six win. That makes them six and two overall. They're two and one in league, just like Jay Sarah is also two and one in league. Um, what was notable about this game is that the young sophomore DJ, the new, I guess the new quarterback at the Braves, he threw for a school record, single season record for the Braves. Pretty amazing for a sophomore. 405 yards uh, on 38 attempts. So he was 23 of 38, 405. New school record, single season yardage. I mean, obviously, this is a program that produced Josh Rosen now at UCLA, and they've had some other pretty good quarterback. Of course, Rosen was was their top. They didn't run it terribly um, much. Uh, as far as a lot of yards, 25 carries for 98 yards. So they threw it more. Um, kind of like our, our insider, Scott Ross, has been telling us. He's been saying on the Trinity League podcast that Bosco wants to go more to the passing. And it seems like, obviously, 13 more passes than run last week. Um, but it was a, a big-time uh, r- rally, really, because Santa Margarita was up 14 nothing on this game. Um, Josiah Norwood um, had to really do it all for uh, Santa Margarita. They, the Eagles could not run at all against the uh, – as far as their, with the running with the running backs against Bosco because Chad Magyar – 10 carries for 17 yards. So he's a 1,000-yard rusher. They just went to the pass game and used Magyar there quite effectively, and then Josiah ran it. But Bosco escapes. Scotty, what was your take on this game? You know what? The, I mean, this game was the game of the night. And, you know, you know, you know, I, I Santa Margarita, I'm, I'm going to give a B-plus on D offense and defense on C. Santa Mar- uh, Bosco, B-plus defense, I gave him a C as well. Um, you know, if 
you talk to, you know, some some say, you know, Santa Margarita should have won. But if, you know, if it weren't for a few missed opportunities throughout the game, it might have gone the Eagles' favor. You know, they jumped out to a 14-0 lead, then Bosco ties it up, and that's when it gets crazy because Santa Margarita, you know, stops the Braves on four downs on the Eagles' three-yard line. On the next possession, Norwood gets stopped in the end. So they, you know, there's a two-point, you know, difference there, 20, you know, 16-14. And then in the waning minutes before the half, the Braves turn the ball over, fumbling on their two-yard line, ready, you know, they're ready to go in for a score with 53 seconds. And then somehow Bosco stops Santa Margarita and gets the ball back in time. You know, it takes a 40-yard punt return down to the two-yard line. Bosco punches it in for a 23-14 lead at the half. How crazy, you know, in the, you know, in that first half. Then in the opening drive, DJ hits hits uh, Chris Hudson on a deep fall. You know, they get put up 30-14 lead. And then even before that, two plays before that, they had a they had hit Colby Bowman on a similar play for a long touchdown, but it was called back for a penalty. So, you know, Santa Margarita could have cashed it in, but they kept fighting. You know, they had a Brady field goal. Um, and then Hunter Surf went to, had a four-yard run. I guess Norwood was out for a few plays from an injury, but he came back later. Um, you know, the Eagles marched. You know, back being down 30 to 24, going into the fourth, you know, Bosco managed a field goal to increase the lead. And then Magar takes another wheel route. How many times have we seen this? Yeah. Four yards down to the two-yard line, where then they bring it to 33-31 with 52, uh, 552 left. Teams exchange possessions until Bosco pins Santa Margarita down on their two-yard line with a minute 29 left. A few plays later, Norwood gets hit, throwing the ball. Shot puts up into the air, gets picked off, returned by a score by Woodby, puts up Bosco 40 to 31 with 53 seconds. Eagles march down the field once again. Magar is left wide open down the sideline, goes 76 yards to the 10 yard line. Two plays later, Norwood hits sophomore receiver Chad Niad for a score, making it 40 38 with 19 seconds. You know, wow. I mean, how crazy is that? Then Brady hits a great onside kick, gets the bounce they want. But Bosco recovers, and you know, and then they get the win. You know, so Santa Margarita was twice down, sixteen, and then nine, only to come up short. So you can see why Santa Margarita was so close to pulling this game out. You know, this game wasn't without its, you know, you know, offensive stars on on either side. Because as you mentioned, DJ set the single season passing record. Um, he completed sixty percent of his passes. Uh, Jake Bailey hauled in seven balls for one hundred three. Hudson had. Four for two or ninety-nine, two touchdowns. Delgado five for one twenty-three. Who put up the big catches? And then Norwood again was right on par. Eighteen, two, uh, eighteen for twenty-five, two twenty-five, two touchdowns. But he did have the two intercepts. Um, and then he he also rushed for ninety-seven yards on twenty carries. And then Magar provided the big. Uh, offensive numbers in the receiving category: nine catches for one thirty-six. Yeah, you know the Eagles. You know, did a solid job on the run. Braves running game, limiting them to 98 yards on uh, 25 carries. And it was also noted that Bosco was without several starters. Sal Spina didn't play. Alani started, but I don't think he finished the game. Real, of course, we know was out. Starting left tackle, Kevin Kobolitz, he was out. Starting left corner, Lavelle Price, he was out. But, you know... You know, you got to play with what you got, and, um, you know, teams better take notice of Santa Margarita because, you know, offensively, they're probably the next scoring offense behind modern day, and if they can get defensive stops, you know, they're going to make games interesting. 
Yeah, you know, you look at the Santa Margarita to touch on what you said. I mean, for the season, they're averaging 43 points a game, 43 and a half. And like you said, that's second um, only to modern day, which is averaging 46. And, you know, Santa Margarita is also over 40 points in the Trinity League as well. Um, but they... You know, and they scored 35 against uh, Modern Day, which now looks amazing after you look at what Jay Saris only scored three points and uh, Bosco only scored, well, scored 21, I think, all in the first half, right? Yeah. Uh, did, did Santa Margarita score in the second half? They're uh, 30 against Modern, Modern Day. Because Modern Day won, they scored once. Yeah, so Modern Day's given up one second half touchdown in three games. Um, to the games they shut out their opponents in the second half. Um, but, yeah, you know, you know, and I moved in my rankings. I moved up Santa Margarita past uh, Jay Sarah this week. You know, they've just impressed me because Santa Margarita's played so close against uh, you know, their game they lost to Mission Viejo, 28-23. That was a barn burner game. They scored 35 points but gave up 70 against uh, Modern Day. But then, you know, obviously they're right there with the Braves. So, um yeah, I was really surprised um, by Santa Margarita that they were that much. And so you were saying that the the, the Braves also got a, a in the first half got a safety on Norwood, huh? That would have you know obviously that was big, uh, winning by two points and getting the safety there. Yeah, so all they had all they you know they left a lot of points off the board, and you know it was and, and, and then you know at, coming down to that down to the waning minutes I mean they just they just it's like you almost think if they had more time on the clock they would have pulled it off Santa Margarita yes wow well quite an effort for the for the Eagles so um I could see your grades there you know yeah they I mean coming off that the victory against uh Servite they were on a roll and they were um you know um yeah, and this game was at El Camino College, too. So, I mean, they were on the road um, for Santa Margarita to pull this off. So, um, great job by the Eagles. So, And let's look at our final game, another thrilling game, which was Servite. Um, got their first victory in the Trinity League, um, defeating, uh, edging out um, Orange Lutheran. Uh, you know, they're definitely a nice rivalry between these schools. 29-28 on a last-second field goal, which actually hit the goalposts, uh, the uprights, and bounced in uh, on the final play. So a thrilling victory, you know, for Servite. They come back after dropping their first two Trinity League games, um, allowing over 50 points in each of them to Jay Sarah and Santa Margarita. They come back and win 29-28. So that takes Santa Mar- that takes Servite over 500 uh, um, on the year. Well, they're already 500, but they're six and two. They're gonna. Um, what I'm saying is that they're gonna f- finish at least over 500 um, on the season, even if they lost their last two. They're 6-2 and two overall, 1-2 and two in league, so they're tied with Santa Margarita basically for fifth, you know, because he has a two-way, a second-place tie for uh, uh, second, so um, let's see, and, uh, you know, it was basically, you know, uh, the young sophomore for Servite uh, continued to make sp- uh, strides, Malachi Rice ran for 88 yard, and the dual-threat quarterback, T.J. McMahon, um, again, um, had improved his um, completion percentage, but was intercepted three times and throwing for 233 yards. Um, completed 62% of his passes, so a little bit better. 
completion percentage, but obviously the three interceptions really will bring his QB rating down and um, a concern on the turnover. But he also rushed for 67 yards in a TD. DeLon Hurt was a big target. Kind of their one really consistent receiver in terms of a lot of targets is DeLon, seven catches for 115. But uh, And then for Orange Lutheran, you know, like we said last week, Scotty said that one Tree League team would be uh, perhaps Ofer in the league. We thought it both might be Servite, but the fire surprised us. But now Olu, 0-3. They've lost three straight. They're 5-3. and What was your take on this game, Scotty? Yeah, I gave uh, Servite the B-minus in on offense and the defense a B-minus. Olu's offense, C-plus. Their defense is C plus, um, and this game was close. Close, the score indicated it could have been either way, but there was a couple of turnovers that kind of, you know, made the difference in this one. You know, if Bosco and Santa Margarita was a game of the night, this one wasn't too far behind. You know, so you know, as it came down to like you mentioned, the bank shot off the right upright, um, the servite. You know, it was more suspenseful as they had missed an extra point earlier in the game, and that, and and they had a missed failed two point conversion on a score. So, mm. you know, both teams traded scores all night. You know, until Lou grabbed the lead, I think on twenty one twenty on a Helensky uh, one yards, you know, run yard to run, and then he made it twenty eight twenty on another. He had another two yard sneak, you know, and I think it was with five minutes left tj mcmahon hits julia serving for a 76 yard streak down the sidelines but then that was the touchdown the fires missed on the extra point on so they were trailing 28 26 you know you know then somebody eventually capitalized on hitting that game that 19 yard game winner by zachary grisati right you know neither Senior. team really put up big numbers i mean like you admit Adelinsky was 23 of 34 for 187 one touchdown one pick ford had eight catches for 82 yards logan had eight for 79 and the one touchdown um you know tj mcmahon you know they contained him running running olu held him to 67 yards and you had mentioned his passing you know, touch the one touchdown and three picked off. Um, you know, defensively, now this is interesting because Serbia yeah. did not get a sack on their list. Right, right. Um, and then they they did have double digit tacklers by Spencer Lytle and Kate Fuller, but you know that was what was you know the key thing in this game was that I guess Servite secondary didn't allow the big passing play rather than keeping everything in front and giving up the short stuff. So that and then, and then obviously you know not having that run game again. So that ended up kind of being the, the difference, but I still was still kind of shocked with the sacks. I mean, I know we had talked about, you know, Servite being not physical up front on the defensive lines, and I guess that kind of, you know, didn't, you know, didn't show up in this game. But, but again, you know, I think maybe the secondary might have had, you know, took away the deep stuff, so they went short. So Kalesi may have gotten the ball out quicker. Yeah. So. I think Kalinske definitely has the ability to do uh, to get the ball out quickly. Um, I'm surprised that maybe I don't know if you're you know I don't think Sir I don't know if Servite has. I saw their opener against Jay Sarah in training league. I think they had one sack maybe, um, and I think they had none in the Jay in the Santa Margarita game. None last week. You know they have great DBs. I'm surprised they don't maybe blitz more, get real aggressive. Um, this would have been a game to do it. Um, and maybe they'll do it more with DJ, but you have good DBs, um, you know, and if you can, you know, obviously they got some concerns stopping the run. Maybe they have to, they can't, they, they don't, you know, they, 
don't know where they're going to send the blitzes from or something like that. But they have the ability to blitz. I don't know. Do you think you know, when you have good DBs, don't you? You, you sometimes you let those guys go in single coverage and uh, blitz a little bit. But maybe they have to stay home. Guys have to stay home more when you're not stopping the run. Yeah, I mean, most of the time when you run, you know, if you go man, that usually means, you know, you can, you know, tighten it up and you don't have to play the zone. The zone usually helps, you know, teams that can't go man because you get beat too deep one-on-one. So, um, you know, there's the, the, like I said, there's different coverages. You mix it up certain, you know, so you could send, you know, for the longest time, you know, or, you know, I remember back in the day when Modern Day played Servite, I think on that 96 team, and it was, I guess, it was the Rod Perry team, and then it was Servite had had Cicero as a quarterback, and and it was, I think they were one and two, and I think Johnson, EJ, you know, the defensive corner came out with the zone blitz, and that was something new back then that had yeah. never been seen, and they just totally dismantled um, Servite, but, you know, I think that's how, how, how defenses and pass rushes and offenses have emerged you know over the years since we've been watching the game but um you know there's always going to be something that somebody comes up with that's that's going to have a wrinkle to it so you know i mean you know we'll talk more about this next game you know because everyone's going to wonder how many sacks are modern day going to get you know so on on olu so if you just have to wait and see yeah, exactly. I think that will be a big part of it because we saw Jay Sarah get to Helensky the week before. I saw that game, and Munar, uh, I'm sorry, Abdul Malik McLean had a had a very big game, and he was on, you know, he was he was getting uh, to um, Helensky early. So, you know, with the, with you know with an outstanding pass rush. Um, but there's been times that, uh, and well, you know, modern day is going to be aggressive, and we, we'll we'll talk about you know some of the things that they do on you know if I can remember to ask you about third down stuff and what they're doing with uh, you know um, perhaps bringing in you know they sub in uh, Brew McCoy. But let's look at these games, and we thank all the Trinity League football fans for joining us here on the Trinity League football podcast. We're going to now move on to our previews of this week's games and our predictions coming up on Friday. Uh, October 27th. Um, let's start with the St. John Bosco Braves and Servite. We just talked about those teams recently. So it's going to be Bosco taking on Servite at Cerritos College on Friday night, um, 7 o'clock. You know, last year when these guys hooked up, Scotty, um, it was pretty ugly. Uh, St. John Bosco, um, last year in the training league, defeated Servite. It was 70 to 6. It was a training league opener uh, last year. It was also at Cerritos College. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know what, uh, if it, I don't know if it'll be like that again, but I mean, you know, obviously, you know, Bosco, that was a, that was a tough loss for a Servite, big win for um for the Braves, but what do you? What's your take on this game? Where Servite's feeling good, coming off a dramatic win, they're going to have some payback on their mind a little bit. But Bosco's rolling with their new sophomore QB. They just survived, like you said, they were banged up last week. Maybe they get some guys back. But what do you think about this game? You know, can Servite capitalize on? <laughs> excuse me, can cap, capitalize on a wounded Bosco team? You know, and steal one from the Braves? Uh, I, I don't think probably not. Um, you know, for a fire team that didn't register any pressure on Hedlinski, they're going to have their hands full with, with Bosco's new vaunted passing game. You know, it will test the secondary of Irvin, Fuller, McDuffie, and Toller, you know, but um, 
can the fire can they can they're gonna have like you said generate a pass rush somehow like you said maybe they're gonna have to send some the, the linebackers after him um, you know because DJ is gonna put continue to put up big numbers and Servite's lack of consistent line play on both sides has, has hurt them in their losses. And offensively, I think Irvine is going to have to actually get more touches than, than the one and two balls that he catches. He seems to be like their only deep threat. I mean, Delon Hurt, who leads their team in catches, but he's been more like a possession receiver. He doesn't ever seem to have big, long um, plays if you if you look at his, his stats and his average. You know, Malachi Rice has stepped in, but will his 4.8 average – I mean, is yeah. that going to really stress the Braves' defense much? Uh, you know, I don't know, you know, but I think Bosco's depth, depth and their speed is going to take over this one, and I'm looking like 44-21 Braves. Okay. Well, I'm also picking the Braves, but I look at this uh, receiving matchup pretty interesting because you start to look at the, the Bosco receivers. They kind of have a young group besides, you know, and that was so key was about this transfer, um, Devon Cooley um, from – Buena Park was their transfer UCLA commit. He's like their one senior on this team um, at the receiving group. And you have some emerging, you know, talented kids that they're juniors. Um, and, and those kind of guys like Jake Bailey is a junior. Uh, Josiah Delgado, who you mentioned earlier, he's a junior. Um, Hudson, I think you mentioned as well, he is a sophomore. Kobe Bullman, who we've talked about on this show, he's a junior. So... You know, and, and Servite's got some uh, talented juniors, and of course Julius uh, Irvin in the backfield in the secondary is a senior. Um, but I could see this as an interesting matchup um, if, uh, you know, so, so I like the Servite DBs competing against those receivers for sure, but, you know, those linebackers at Servite, you got to stay home and watch about, worry about DJ. Um, and then they're going to have to contain the run, the Friars, and that's been a problem for them. And then, um, so I could, I wonder how it will go. I think Servite's defense potentially could do pretty well. We'll see. I mean, DJ just threw for 405. Um, he's a talented kid. Um, you know, I think, this, like you've said too, he's only going to get better. Um, but then you got, uh, you know, on the other side, you know, how is Servite going to do against a great defense about, you know, if uh, Magyar couldn't run it against Bosco, how's how's Malachi Rice and Servite going to run it? That should be interesting. They got their new Centennial offense. Maybe some of that timing, the tempo can break. Uh, and then they have the dual threat quarterback. Just like, you know, for the Bosco, they just saw Josiah Norwood. Now they're going to see another dual threat in McMahon. Um, maybe a little, you know, another similar receiver. So... Some similarities uh, for the Braves that they just saw, um, but I don't think it'll be seventy to six. Is what I'm saying, maybe. No, I don't think so either. All right, let's move on to another game. Um, this is the game I'm going to be covering for the Register: Santa Margarita against at J Sarah. So I'm interested to take another look at the Eagles. That's one of the that's one of the main reasons I picked this because I only saw the Eagles play one time, and that was against Alamany, which was an entertaining game. I saw the long, long field goal um, by uh, Dylan Brady. I think it was a 55-yarder. Um, you know, I got to see some of the uh, Cape, the running ability of Bagyar and Norwood, and saw how hard the Eagles are playing, how fast they're playing. Well, this is a big game in the Trinity League because uh, you know Santa Margarita could not their record, even they're up their record in the Trinity League at two and two, and be fighting for third place in this league. 
and that would also knock Jay Sarah down to two and two. Um, Jay Sarah's, you know, kind of banged up. We know um, from last week they had about four guys that were hobbled in the first quarter alone. They're not the deepest team already. And now they're going to play a really hard-playing Santa Margarita team, a real hard-charging team that just narrowly lost. I'm picking the Eagles to get this W on the road at uh, Jay Sarah, which is not going to be an easy place because Jay Sarah's fans are right on top of the field. They're pretty rowdy. You know, um, Jay Sarah likes playing at home in their new on-field stadium. But I still think SM is going to get the win. Yeah, I, I think so too. You know, this this game is going to be for third place. Um, you know, most likely third place. You know, with huge possible seating. You know, implications. Yep. You know, Santa Marta is rolling even after their you know potential you know come from behind win, and then Jay Sarah is limping. You know, into this one after being dismantled, and you know they're banged up. You know, with more than a few players that left that game. You know, so injury is going to be key to see if they return. Um, you know, at the beginning of the league, we may have had, you know, Jay Sarah favored on this one, but I think the tides shifted to Santa yeah. Margarita. And I don't know if Jay Sarah has enough defense to contain Norwood and Magyar and company. Um, you know, if say Jay Sarah can bounce back and get the offensive edge back and keep, you know, Santa Margarita off um, Robinson from his game and get the running game going, you know, this one could be another Trinity, Trinity League shootout, you know. I thought that last week that's what was going to be. Everyone thought last week that's what it was going to be, but I think the odds are better that this happens this week. Um, but I'm just going to go 48-35 Santa Margarita. All right, another shootout. That's how it goes. That's how they rule in the Trinity League. You know, it's one interesting side story is you have Moonar McLean. Uh, he played at, Chase, at Santa Margarita last year, so he's going against his old teammates. You know, he was there one year. He was an out-of-state transfer, he and his brother. So there's a little bit of dynamic. I'm sure Moonar would like to get playing back, but I don't know. He's been banged up. I don't know how effective he'd be anyway. But um, interesting uh, transfer situation there. Um you know, it's just to see how everybody at Santa Margarita is feeling after a physical game against Bosco. But I, I'm, um, I'm interested to see this game. Excited to get down there and, and see how it unfolds and, and get another better look at uh, you know everything that Santa Margarita's got going on. Because I've been impressed by their season, I um, really have. But they're going to have to close it. And like you said, it could be for third, right? You know, Santa Margarita will close out in Week Ten against Olu. So Olu will, you know, if Modern Day takes care of business against Olu this weekend, that Santa Margarita finishing against a potential 0-4 team in league at uh, Orange Lutheran, that'd also be a home game for SM. And then Jay Sarah, you know, they got to try to get this one right because they uh, they closed league at home against Bosco. Um, so... That you know, that's going to be a that be a tough order. They'll be at home, but they'll be taking on a Bosco team that's looking to, you know, get ready for the playoffs. Uh, their you know normal playoff run and um, gear up. And you know, I don't think Bosco's. I don't think they they haven't lost many Week Ten games lately. Um, so our last uh, game of the week here for Week Nine of the the Tree League football season. It's going to be Modern Day back at home at Santa Ana Stadium. Taking on Orange Lutheran, they got to fight the complacency. You know, they got to stay focused. Coach Rollinson has said 
that uh, this team is focused. He likes when it's time to go to work, they go to work. Um, they have been laser focused. They didn't they didn't take Jay Sarah lightly. There was no trap last week, but they're seeing the scores of uh, you know Old Lou's lost three in a row. They're five and three, but they have a dangerous offense. Helensky can really attack. They have some good receivers. Um, but no ground game for Olu, really, and their defense has given up a lot of points. Um, you know, speaking of that defense, you know, they've given up 41 points in the Trinity League so far. Um, so it's been a, a, an on average for the Lancers. So pretty high um, clip. Um, but what's your take on this modern-day Olu game? You know what? At, at one time, this looked to be like the featured game of the week, uh, the week yeah. schedule for everybody. But you know, it's kind of lost some luster. But it still features some great athletes and some passing, you know, passing games. Um, the question on this one is how you know, like I, we had mentioned before, is how you know can Olu keep MD's front seven from being in the backfield? Can o, you know can Olu get the ball to receivers, and can the defense slow down the Monarchs? I mean, every you know, I, I you know. Earlier in the year, everyone was on, you know, Olu's coattails with the right. 5-0 record, you know, and, you know, they posted those shutouts, but it was against, you know, less than selling teams, and, you know, I called it out, you know, that they were the least physical team in the Trinity League and wouldn't be surprised if they were going to be sixth place at the end of the year, and, you know, with that lack of running game and the imposing lines, you know, it's hurt the Lancers in the league, just as I, you know, suspected. And, um, you know, they can, they're catching an empty team whose defense hasn't allowed a touchdown in the last six quarters. Um, you know, offense and, and defensive balance was probably going to be too much for Olu, whose, you know, hope is that they can get the ball in hands of Ford and Loya, you know, and, and limit, you know, the pressure you know, that, that, that modern day got after, um, that they did on, on Robinson. So, you know, they, it was, you know, they pretty much shut down Luckett and Shimura. And, um, you know, I don't know if they're going to do the same Ford and lawyer are, are really good route runners. And so yeah. it'll, it'll be interesting to how they, if they can get the ball to him, I think they'll get some catches, but, um, I think, you know, he's going to have a lot of trouble in, in the, in the, you know, in the back there. Um, so I'm looking modern day 52, Olu 14 on this one. Okay. Yeah, I think modern day should roll, and I'll pick the Monarchs as well. I wonder if this is, you know, with, with Kyle Ford, who I was really impressed with um, when I saw him two weeks ago, uh, junior, just real uh, physical, um, fast, great hands. I want to say this is this is definitely the best re- single receiver that uh, modern day has faced. You know, he's better than Luckett. He's better than anybody on Bosco. He's better than anybody at Santa Margarita. You saw St. Margar- uh, St. Mary's. I saw Bergen. But this, he might be the best receiver, I want to say, that they faced all year, Kyle Ford. Uh, would you? So that, that's something for, Santa, uh, for modern day to get up for. That's my opinion. What do you think? No, you're absolutely right. And here's the thing. He had his breakout game last year against modern day. He, when he was a server, right. he caught, like, I think, nine balls for almost – 200 yards and had two touchdowns so I know modern days has that in the back of their mind so yep. I know that they know that they have, he's he's the guy so we'll see what happens um, with yep. this one um, good memory by Mr. Brajas there yeah, that was game was at Angel Stadium where he uh, was when he was playing for Servite uh, Kyle yeah. Ford went crazy against him uh, against modern day yeah, you know like I said, you know he's got um, you know, he's more. He's been more catching more possession balls with Olu than he 
that he did with Servite. He seemed to catch the deep ball last year more so. Um, I noticed, you know, that, you know, they've, he, you know, he'll get his nine, eight catches a game, but, like, you know, you know, he'll have one long one, but then the rest will all be pretty, you know, possession type receptions, but then he'll, you know, he's, he's such a load to bring down, so that's, um, and he's really strong in the red zone. So we'll yeah. have to wait and see, you know, what matchup, and, and I suspect, you know, uh, Elias Ricks went with Luckett everywhere he went because of his 6-2 frame, which yes, is interesting. Yes, he did, yeah. And um, so I don't wonder if they're going to try to do with him or they're going to stick Robbins on him. So that'll be interesting to see because I know that that Ricks isn't as strong and, I, and that'll be an interesting, you know, he's lanky, but I don't know whether that, that's what's going to be, you know, the matchup within the matchups that we see. Yeah, it's, uh, and Kyle Ford's kind of strong like Amon Ra. Like, he can shake off guys, yes. and he will catch the ball, you know, shift it over to his far arm, and then he'll be pushing off guys. I mean, he 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 keeps guys off. I mean, he kind of he kind of tosses he, somewhat. He will toss around smaller DBs, right? He, he'll just throw those guys off him. No problem. Yeah, that's that's you know that's that's why um, you know he he's a very imposing I mean player. Right. I mean, everybody's seen him. He passes the eye test, and so yeah, exactly. It's, it's you know one thing we talked about. I wanted to make sure we finished up off. You know, we talked about you know the pass rush of modern day against Olu in this game. No. The uh, modern day, nobody's really blocked and slowed down Nathan Logaleo. So they've really been, you know, he's been the force on the edge. And then the other side, they're blitzing uh, Brew McCoy, bringing him on third down, and he can bring a lot of pressure. And then up the middle, you have to watch out for guys like Genovo, Solomon, um, you know, modern day D linemen, other linebackers flying around. But what do you think about that modern day pass rush against Holinsky? He's going to try to get it out quick. Yeah, I mean, it's like, do you, you know, you could just say, do you send the house or do you send, you know, do you send two, do you send a zone blitz? Because I know last week, I know Mace Funa dropped off in coverage a lot. Um, and they primarily sent, you know, when when, when Brew's in there, he's primarily a, a rusher. And, and then what's ironic with Brew is that he only has one sack, believe it or not. He's had two sacks taken away from penalties, <laughs> which are, which is a shame, but, but, he has more hurries and he has more knockdowns than probably than anybody else. So he's causing havoc without having to get that sack, you know. And and Funa's got six and a half sacks from a linebacker spot. I don't know. I don't. I don't think there's probably a linebacker out there that has that many um, for a linebacker. Um, and, and and I think this past week Nate was the first game that I don't think he got a sack. But they were double teaming him a lot. And that's the first team that's done that. So I know they were using they were using keeping them, sometimes they're keeping the running back in the backfield, and he was chipping him as he was coming on. And he got in there I think a couple of times and pressured Robinson, but Robinson was you know he's so good with his feet that it makes it hard to get him um, when he gets outside the pocket. So you know I, I you know it's it's you know Brew is the catalyst I think when they when because I don't think they get as great a pass rush or just straight when they do. You know their base defense, Brew, because they they I think they shift a couple of other guys into different spots, and so the, they get more pressure. Um, and I think in solo, a lot of the times doesn't come. He I think he drops a lot of the times. 
So there's sometimes they, you know, depending if they send him or if they drop him back. So, it, like I said, it's it's all within the schemes that they have. But obviously, I think Brew is the key to their back to the pass rush. Yeah, and then before we leave this game, uh, Orange Lutheran. So you think the luster's come off on them? Where because they're not physical, they don't. You know, you know the reason this matchup isn't what everybody thought where some people at the beginning of the year thought maybe Olu's the second best team in Orange County maybe um, they can really they're the team really on the rise uh, in the Trinity League you gotta watch they're the dark horse they're gonna surprise but they haven't got there because of the lack of physicality um they haven't built, and that affects their pass protection. Like with Holinsky, they can't. They you know they're giving up a lot of yards on the defensive side. Um, they're not able to pressure the quarterback, and then they don't have the ground game to help out Holinsky. Are those the, is that the are those the reasons, Scott? In your opinion? Pretty much. I mean, like I said, I mean, it, we that was the mo. That's what we we talked about in the beginning. Is that. You know, they were doing it against less stellar teams, and once they come to the Trinity League, it was all, you know, was that going to be able to hold up, and it, it, it hasn't. And, um, you know, it's, like we said, the last, you know, the last few games, you know, he's put up, you know, his completion percentage has been pretty, you know, decent. I mean, I think 187 was the lowest total that he's thrown him um, for in a while. But, um, you know, not having the ground game and, and not being able to, you know, to keep upright, you know, it's, and, it, and, it, and, it, and I think sometimes it takes a toll on you. So, I, you know, you know, they have they have to say, hey, they're, they're still probably going to still go to the playoffs, but now basically you just like like you know, it's man up time. It's like okay, you know, we got to compete. You know, where do you want to go? You want to go out with a bang, or do you want to go out, you know, on your terms? You know, so you know, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens, um, but um, but just the way things have been going with with Water Day and the way things are going with Olu, it's hard not to to see um, this game being a game. Yeah, exactly. Well, the the Lions, uh, sorry, the Lancers are in a similar situation as the Lions of Jay Sarah. They got to try to bounce back, and we are going to hear on our way out here from uh, Coach Harlow talking about having to bounce back in that big game this week coming up against Santa Margarita. Can the Jay Sarah Lions do it? Is Santa is this that Santa Margarita continues to make its move? Modern day, are they going to go to nine and 4 and and continue to rule that? Trinity League and how's that Bosco game? Are they gonna? Is it gonna be seventy six against seventy to six again against Servite? We all have to see. So, Scotty, really appreciate you jumping on the podcast once again. Great job. As always, Dan, it was great. Great as always. Turn. League football. Absolutely, Scotty, and enjoy that uh, that game back at the uh, the friendly confi- uh, con- friendly confines of Santa Ana Stadium. And uh, thanks again to all the uh, listeners who uh, listen to our podcast. Enjoy the game wherever you go. If you're in the Trinity game on Friday or ever. Uh, Whatever football game you get to this week, I hope you guys enjoy it. And until next week, we will talk to you on the Trinity League Football Podcast. Well, you guys got to bounce back yourself now after yeah. your first loss. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll come back and prepare for, some, for uh, San Marino next week. And, you know, our goal every week is to be 1 0. So, right this week, yeah. we're 0 1. But at the end of the day, we're still 7 1. And, and we've, you know, kind of control our own rest. Exactly.